0: To the Overgivers Anonymous podcast. My name is Angela Mondor, also known as the Geeky Girl. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about some amazing things to help you get over overgiving. Hi, and welcome to this episode. I am super, super excited to bring to you Dr. Naima Jackson. I found Dr. Naima on verbal and I wanted to connect with her. So I'm super glad that we were able to make this connection and I get to share her wisdom with you today. Dr. Naima is the CEO of Determined Fempreneur for service-based female entrepreneurs. And she did a leading sales and operations strategy program that helps your clients get 30K months in 90 days while working only three to five hours a day. Oh, love it. We do this by combining a unique blend of high ticket sales, messaging, and operations. Dr. Naima is also the host of the Determined fempreneur podcast, which is how I found you. She is determined in every sense of the word and believes that determination was the key to her earning multi-six figures in her first year as a coach. While pursuing her PhD, raising a family, dealing with an anxiety disorder, and working as a nursing professor, your plate was full. Her coaching and beliefs center around helping women overcome while being determined to reach their entrepreneurial goals. When Dr. Naimi is not coaching, she's spending time with her two children.
1: Yes. Thank you. And thank you. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Angela. I'm so excited to be here. And we're going to talk about how to
0: actually get these things done, right? To get to a three to five hour workday. Period. I, I don't think, I think the coolest thing about you with that sentence is that what most people don't understand, like most of us, most entrepreneurs, especially as late bloomer entrepreneurs, we start out working corporately first, right? Yep. And we think that we're getting paid for eight hours a day, right? But in yeah. actual fact, you're not. If you really think about it, how much time are you spending around the water cooler? How much time did you spend at lunch? How much time have you been searching on Facebook while you're sitting Thank at you. your desk? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when we distill it, right, how do you help people get to the point where they can not only realize that as truth, but then how do they realize the value of spending a, a focused amount of time inside their business?
1: I think something that I love to work with women on is looking at what hustle culture, that desire to work all these long hours, what has, it, what has it forced you to give up? If you ask many women, what do you like to do? For the most part, if they're married, they'll say stuff with their spouse. If they're mothers, they'll say stuff with their children. They don't even mm-hmm. know themselves because they're so busy being busy. hundred percent true. Yes. So, you know, but my clients is like, okay. Let's first of all, let's thank hustle culture because it got you where you are, right? Thank, thankful. We're thankful for it. Not, not everything, nothing is hundred percent negative, right? However, let's talk about what you've given up. You've given up your identity. You've given up your sleep because you're waking up with anxiety because you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the night when you're supposed to be sleeping, you're waking up with ideas because you didn't have any downtime during the day for creativity. Right. Right? You're giving up time with your children, right? You want, I owe my children. I'm, a lot of us work from home. If we are moms, we're like, yeah, my kids. But are you present with oh. your children the way you want to be? Or are you irritable and snapping and, and getting upset because you're so busy that irritability is all you have to offer?
0: You know, I have talked about this a lot myself, even, right? Because it was one of those lessons I learned years ago while running my business. And that whole concept of not being present. I mean, I was constantly being, I was guilty because I wasn't spending time with my kids. I was feeling guilty because I wasn't spending time with my work. I was feeling guilty because I didn't have enough energy for my husband. I was feeling guilty because I wasn't spending enough time with my family. Oh my God, the guilt monsters were insane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it was, I was feeling guilty, but guilt wasn't enough for me to change it. It wasn't until my teenager at the time, my daughter's 19 now. So it was, well, she was 16 and she came in my room and she said, mommy, are you? Am I ever going to see you away from the computer? Am I going to have time with you? And for oh. a 16-year-old who doesn't really want to spend time with me, <laughs> <laughs> for oh. her to come in and say that, that's what it took. It wasn't a guilt. The guilt kept me in the cycle of hustle. And right. the guilt kept me in the cycle of everybody else's is a priority but me.
0: It's amazing that, I mean, each one of us who have gone through this, and- to be on the other side of this is brilliant. If you're struggling with it right now, hang tight, hang tight. But each of us who have come through the other side of that and to understand the value, the intense, powerful value of presence, each of us have found uh, their own trigger, right? Yes. Yes. Your trigger being your daughter coming to you and go um, like, hello, (laughs) the screen isn't my face, right? (laughs) And for me, it was, it was, the internal eating away of the fact that I was beating myself up day after day after day. And it was me beating myself up for, I had expectations for myself and <laughs> I really thought, I also didn't understand the value of time back then. Right. I didn't understand that, that I only had so many hours of waking time to spend. Um, i really, I was just spreading myself so thin. Yep. So it's interesting when we talk about this, concept of of working for 3 to 5 hours and somebody who hasn't somebody who's stuck in that space of not being present and being in the constant busy mode they can't mm-hmm. they can't understand they can't see why or how they can possibly not be busy all the time
1: and that's why coaching and mentorship is important
0: yes nothing
1: that we've done that is significant in life whether it's being a mom whether it's that degree whether it's the promotion, nothing nothing that we've accomplished came from just us doing it on our own. we had other people, professors, mentors, our own parents, maybe, you know, we've had people around us supporting us, but then we get into entrepreneurship and we're like, well, I don't need a coach. And then, right, what happens is you're in the trenches and you don't realize that you're in the trenches. yes.
0: Well, and yet this, the one side of it is that you come into, if you, especially if you come into entrepreneurship late,
1: you come into it,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. We come into it with the mentality of, oh, I've got to figure this out on my own because Mm -hmm. my friends and family don't get me. They have no clue what's happening in my brain, right? All of the people that I brought up with me up until now, the, the five most important people I surrounded myself up with up to this point, don't get me. So I guess I'm on my own. But that's the most beautiful
1: part is that you're not. And those three to five people, you just need to choose new people. <laughs> yes, that's it. And and isn't it amazing to know that you have a choice as yes. to who you surround yourself with? 100% empowerment. You know, like, as you see from my bio, I, I embodied hustle culture. Going for a PhD, what you didn't hear in my bio is that I was also going through a divorce. So going through my PhD, starting my business, going through a divorce, being a nursing professor, being a mom, and still scaling my business to six figures in one year. And I was so proud of that. But what you didn't hear in that bio was I was really anxious all the time. I wasn't eating. I developed something called erosive gastritis. And even if you don't know what that is, imagine a part of your body eroding. hmm so my stomach lining was eating away at itself because of the sheer amount of stress I was putting on myself, hustling in the name of what? Just so I can tell people, hey, I bra- I'm i bragging. I was a nursing professor, right? Whoop-de-damn-do. Yes.
0: <laughs> but I think <laughs> you know? it's interesting. Like some people, I mean, the Gary V's in the world, fine. Go go ahead and hustle, baby. You know, but he's got an entire, he's, he doesn't have he's just a team. team. He's got an entourage, man. Yes. <laughs> he's not on his own. And although, yes, he still hustles, he's still working stupid hours, his wife is raising his children. His wife is looking after all the household things. As women, typically, we're looking after the household things. We're looking after the children. If we have spouses, generally we're looking after our spouses, especially the people listening here in the podcast being overgivers. We tend to always look after everybody else. Yes. So I encourage you, you know, take an example from somebody who is like you, not like somebody else, right? Find people who you can look at to, I don't know, embody an energy, right? Like I love Gary Vee and he has some really great ideas, but
1: I can't live like him. No, no. And if you think about it, a lot of the things that we do in terms of work is, is, is from a patriarchal perspective. 100%. We get to do it differently and be successful. We get to do it. And there are many examples of that. I remember Oprah saying, everything that you are trying to do, somebody else has already done it, meaning there's evidence that you can get it done. There's Mm -hmm. evidence that you can work less and still have a lucrative business, still have an impactful business, and not sacrifice everything just to be an entrepreneur.
0: Yes. And your success doesn't have to be my success. No, if my success is X amount of dollars per year, yours doesn't have to be that. No. If you only just need to make enough money to pay your bills and take your kids on vacation once a year, and you still want to have the, the time and energy to spend with your kids, then go make that. Be that. brilliant and successful yes. with that.
1: Yes. There's no, when, when, when I think of success, I don't think of a particular dollar sign or uh, amount. It really is, as Angela just said, you, your own personal definition. However, when I think about success and the sacrifice of giving all your time to a business, I I want you to ask yourself, would you be okay with this working this way for the next 10, 15 years? Could you sustain this? That's the first question. The second question, ask yourself, do you see a way out of it? And if not, you need, you need some type of support.
0: Yes. Well, and the maybe a third question to that is one of one of the exercises I usually give my clients is to embody your goal. Mm. Think about what does your goal look like in the future. Don't give it a time frame. Not about you know how far in the future. Just if you were to take this and actually accomplish this goal, not only what would it look like, but how's that going to feel? What is what impact is that going to have on your life? If you did follow through and get that goal, would you like the life you have? If not, Mm. maybe you need a new goal, right?
1: Yes.
0: That has helped me in making so many decisions in my life. There's been times when, so one of the goals that I had set one time was I wanted to be a public speaker, right? And I wanted to travel across North America. And then I embodied the concept. And I was thinking about all the things that I had to do in order to accomplish that. And I went, I do not want to live out of suitcase. I do not want to be flying across the planet all the time. I do not want to be that far away from my family, My daughter was still playing hockey at the time. So we still had lots of hockey games and all kinds of that stuff. I was like, no, I don't want to build that. I'm not
1: going to love that. Mm, I love that. I love it. And I think with women, if we were to think about it from that perspective, I would just say this. There is one exercise that I do give my clients and it's a journal prompt. Mm -hmm. And it's a simple one. If I were a bad girl, and I didn't care about anybody's expectations of me. What would my life look like? Mm. And no one is saying, say, you know, I'm, I, would, I would, you know, I would get rid of my kids. No, but just don't think about responsibility. Don't think about feeling guilty. If, if someone knew, write it down. You may have to journal that several times because I did. Mm-hmm. And what I found out is that I don't like to work. Doesn't make me lazy. I like to interact with my clients. It lights me up. So everything else outside of a couple of things in my business was work to me. So I had to outsource that.
0: Yes, building right? an amazing
1: team is very valuable. Yes. So there are four things that I that I'm going to offer your audience for steps that really help me and help and I help my clients get to that three to five hour workday. All right, I'm in. Yes. So I have a signature slay system that I use to help my clients go because my clients, let me just be real frank. They typically ha- or have already started their businesses. This is why they can get to 30 K in, in 90 days. They're not like trying to their niche. Right. They, they know their niche, right? They're already, they know what they're selling. They're already making money. Yes, they're yep. making money. Right. Period. Yep. Cause I don't, cause I don't want anyone to hear a false promise. Right. Okay. So my signature slay system is, is four steps. One, is your sales system. So here are the things that I make sure my clients really master so that they can start bringing in more sales, more revenue, to hire a team. Thank you. We work on their one-on-one sales conversation. And no, I don't believe in scripts, because I think scripts make you sound like somebody you're not. Yes, yes. So right, there's certain things that we do during a sales conversation that truly increases the number of yeses they hear in a sales conversation. And one of those, I'll just share with you because there's eight of them, but one of those is simply speaking only 10 to 20% of the time during the sales conversation. Your client or potential client should be speaking 80 to 90% of the time. If you find yourself going on and on and on and on, you're, you're less likely to close the sale. So we work on one-to-one sales. The second thing we do is work on one-to-many sales. Whether Mm -hmm. you're from the stage, a challenge, a launch, or any type, we work on that too because that's very different because you're not having that one-on-one interaction with them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the third thing we do is we automate the sales process. So we literally... Find a system, because there's so many systems that does this, that have sales pipelines or sales funnels. Some call them pipelines, some call them funnels. Mm -hmm. So you can know exactly how many people you need to have in your funnel every month to reach your revenue goals. And that's automated so that you're not doing everything manually. Yes. Right? And then the fourth thing in that sales process is having proven follow-up process. Some of Perfect. which can be automated, some of which can be you reaching out, be, uh, dare I say, via a telephone. Oh my goodness, did I say that? <laughs>
0: favorite, gotta tell you.
1: <laughs> there's so many ways telephone, yeah. there's automated text messaging, there's DMing, there's so many ways. There's no yeah. one way, and I don't believe in one way. This is why we have a structure and we figure out what works for them.
0: And and that's perfect. And, you know, I agree 100%. You have to work on these pieces. These are key pieces in your business. Uh, When I was actually, you know, earlier in my business, learning that sales stuff, that was such a key indication of change in my business. But the follow up piece, the only reason why we are on this podcast today is because of my follow up is because of how I follow up in my in my business. Well, yes, how my team follows up. But let's be honest. (laughs) Okay. I created the follow-up system. My team follows it. Okay. But yeah, you're hundred percent right. Those are fantastic skills.
1: Yes. And that's just the sales, right? Yes. Yes. And so the second part of the slave system is language. Everybody says messaging, messaging, messaging. I say, speak the language of your ideal client. What does that mean? How does it mean Spanish, English, right? I'll I'll give you an example to really demonstrate this. Perfect. I had a client who was a relationship coach and she was um, having some challenges signing clients consistently. When I had a conversation with her, and when I read through her sales page, it sounded like like a dissertation, very academic. And I was like, okay. I said, you know, I said this is not my niche. So let me ask you: Are you hearing your ideal clients talk like this, saying these words? There were certain words I pulled out, and she said no. And I said, well, what are some words you hear them say? She said, they have been saying situationship. I don't talk like that. <laughs> I said, well, if they say situationship, that should be somewhere in your copy. That should be yes. somewhere in your in your social media strategy or the things you're doing. I kid you not, within a couple weeks of just putting a simple word of situationship, she was signing three and 4K clients the other day. And she was like, I cannot believe this. I can't believe this. So you have to really get to know your ideal client and what they, how they speak, what words do they use, not what you think they need to hear. Right. People don't buy from what they, what you think. Yeah. Oh, you
0: know what? And I mean, uh, this is so, so incredibly important. It comes down to being able to understand not what you think they need, <laughs> but what they actually need. And sometimes for some people, it's more difficult to find that out. I personally have ADHD, so neurodiverse on this end of the mic. And for me, it's difficult for me to get those things out onto uh, paper, like I mm-hmm. can't get them out into words, right? I can hear somebody and I can speak about it. I'm really mm-hmm. great speaking or being on video, but I can't write it down. And so there was always this disconnect. Thankfully, I work with a fantastic marketing team who can talk me through it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, But even if you're struggling with this piece right now, take what, you know, what you've just heard and find the way that works for you to get it out.
1: 100%. Angela, like you, I have ADHD as well and writing it out doesn't work at first. I have to speak it out and then I'm, I, and I record myself Yeah, and then I, you know, my social media team, they come and they write my posts based off like the things that I'm saying because I couldn't exactly. do it and that's yep. okay these are not weaknesses. These are just areas that we need support in. And that's okay. You know what? Right bums, right seats. If if
0: my bum doesn't belong in that seat, I got to put somebody else in it, right? That's it. Um, in order to be successful, the most important thing is to remember what is your circle of brilliance? Where yes. do you shine? And then help everybody else find the seats around you so that they can help you shine brighter.
1: Oh, I love that. Yes. So the third part of the Slay system is automate, outsource, and delegate.
0: That is like my favorite piece. I'm like all about those
1: things. (laughs) Yes, everything should be automated. Yes. I say, when you think about your client having a premium experience, the moment they pay, they should get that welcome email. They should get that contract. They should get, if you have a course site, everything should come to them step by step by step. There's no reason why they should have to wait for you. Yes. To manually get the contract together, manually send them, manual. It's, it's, not a good, it's not a good onboarding experience for your client. Mm-hmm. right? And not just automating your onboarding. You should automate, automate your onboarding. Your offboarding can also be automated. Even if you're somebody who has courses, even if you're a coach who um, has like a hybrid program, when clients finish a certain course within the course, you have an automated email sent that really encourages them. There's so many things to do. So many ways to automate. You can automate your um, project management tools, so each team member knows what's going on if there's a particular particular project going on, versus the hundreds of hours of meetings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of a meeting.
1: Okay. Let so, me too. Let me too. No, please, please don't hear me and, and think that the meetings are obsolete. Um, please don't hear that. It's just. But they should be targeted and specific. Yes. Yes. It should. <laughs> and timed. Be, Yes. And I shouldn't say, well, Angela, did you get that done? We have a project management tool that's automated. So when you complete, when you mark that task as complete, we all know that Angela completed this. Yes. It, it just It just makes your life easier. And then, of course, with delegating and outsourcing, you need a team. Now, some people are going to be contractors because you just need somebody maybe project specific.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and you do not have to be like the expert at automating systems. You can literally bring on a contractor who automates your systems for you. And then that's all he or she does. He, she, or they, you know, do for you. Yes. Okay. So really understanding that. And then when it comes down to your team, it is so important. As Angela said earlier, to know your area of genius. And then you hire out for the other things. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be writing a blog. I should not be writing a social media post. You understand me? (laughs) I'm with you.
0: Writing the blog was the first thing I hired outside of my accountant. I mean, I, I hired my accountant first because numbers and I don't get along usually. Right. And, and then the second person I hired was the person to write my blog. She has gone on to do so many other things in my business. She's still with me today. Thank goodness. But yes. Uh, yeah, no. Do not ask me. <laughs> yes, like it's. If I read a blog post, it's going to take me three hours. It takes her what, twenty minutes? Twenty
1: minutes. Why am then, I wasting time? But Angela, it's going to take me three hours, and it's still going to be more typos in it than when she did it in twenty minutes. You understand me? <laughs> and I have a whole PhD, okay? And I still would have to read it over and over again, and I still would miss the typos Pretty because scary. that's just not my area. Yes, of genius. So, yes. cause I always get like, how do you know who to hire? You hire for the things that still need to be done in your business, but that are not your zone of genius period. Yeah. Think about your biggest pain point. Get rid of that first. And for me, it was technology mm. I hired that out. And then I had a VA who helped with like, and when I say technology, I'm talking about like work in Canva for graphics. We don't know what Canva is. It's a graphic software platform. And I was horrible. It would take me over an hour to make one graphic and it looked like a five-year-old did it. Yes. You know, okay. it was horrible. So really I hired out for those things. And the final thing that you can do to really get down to a three to 4 hour workday in your business is, your, is to really look at your offers, mm-hmm. right? Your offers need to be built in such a way that is irresistible to your ideal client. And if going back to your language, if you're speaking the language of your ideal client, that piques their interest. Yes. But now they want to know, well, how can you help me? Mm -hmm. It's your offer. That's your offer. Like I can tell you it is January of 2022 that we're recording this. And it's, I think it's the second or third week. Every week of this year, I've had at least five or six people in my DM that I have not had any interaction with who apparently have been watching my posts, my offers and, and et cetera, and who, who wanted to work with me or collaborate with me in some capacity, simply because I'm able to articulate. Again, I'm speaking their language and my offers are something that they want. Your right. offers can't be what you think they need alone. That's a yes. part of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll say this, my offers, I'm, I'm a sales and operations coach but I also talk a lot about lead generation because if you speak to any entrepreneur, they think they need lead generation, but then they forget that they keep hearing no nose on a on sales conversation. They also forget that they're extremely exhausted and don't want to get on another sales call mm-hmm. because their operations are not in order. Yes. But I don't, I, I will say my, in my marketing, but I also say well, leads, I'll be a lead generation because that's what they think they need. So really, sales, language, automate, outsource, and delegate, and your offers, my slave system. If you do those things, it will be amazing having a team, automating your systems, making sure you can actually bring revenue in via your sales, your language, and your offers. It's a no brainer.
0: Hundred percent, and I love the way that it is. It. The, the way that you spoke to each one of those made so much sense. Thinking about my business and where it's been and where it's now and, you know, the different phases I've been through, knowing how each of those things has, has actually impacted my business. I can see why your clients get a lot out of that.
1: Yes. Yes. I thank you. I mean, it was something that I had to go through. So I was my first client because everyone was telling me to work a certain way and it wasn't working for me. I was using the scripts that my, you know, my <laughs> coaches were giving me. I wasn't closing the cell. Um, Again, like I said earlier, I do have a PhD. So I was speaking like an academic, you know, like, and that doesn't mean that other people are dumb. It's just, you, it's just certain way that you speak in your marketing. You cannot speak like you're writing a dissertation or lecturing in a hall. (laughs) Well,
0: and (laughs) I, I come from corporate, right? So that's my corporate voice comes and I'm a, I'm a public speaker by, I love, you could literally say, here's your topic, Angela, and throw me on a stage with 2000 people out there. I'm in. I love to teach. I love to share. I love to educate. Well, people only
1: want so much of that on
0: social media before they go, you're talking at me now.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like, I'm not interested in that. It's so true. It's so true. And I think once you really understand that and you understand your power to actually have the life that you want to live. You actually have the power to work the amount of hours you want and still make the impact for your clients, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. still have the impact for yourself. Sis, it's okay to be a little selfish and say, you know what? I want to have Wednesdays off so that I can go to the spa. That's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person.
0: It's okay to be real selfish, you know? Yes. Like I can go to my acupuncture appointments during the week. I can get my massages yes. done during the weekdays. Yes. Those are those things are actually fueling me to be a better human being so that I have more energy. And like you mentioned before, I have room for creativity when I'm looking after myself.
1: Yes. Yes. All of that. Like I have nothing else to add. That was um, amazing.
0: When you um so I used to hate timing myself on my work. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I used to absolutely hate it. And I was like, I'm never going to do that. I don't agree with it. I was so adamant against it. But somebody, they basically, I mean, I'm, I'm a little competitive, I would say. Um, and so somebody challenged me. They're like, I think you should try it for X amount of time. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to show you. It doesn't work. Oh, the enlightenment I saw. <laughs> Being able to see how much time things took or how much time I did on certain tasks it allowed me to be able to see which things I was better at. And which things I weren't, right? So for me, being being able to see those hours and I understand, like when I hit about three hours of timed work, I'm starting to fail. Not fail, but I'm starting to get tired, right? When I hit four hours, I'm like, okay, peace out, time to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> same, same. So do you
0: same. do you help people understand that as well?
1: Yes. Understanding when when do you feel tired? A lot. I just keep pushing when you feel like you got to go get that next cup of coffee, you need to stop and say, okay, my body is usually saying I'm tired, but what time is that for you? Is Mm -hmm. it 1 PM? Is it 3 PM? Is it 11 AM? Because you start at 6 AM. What time is that for you? And then you get to make some of the decisions on how you're going to structure your business. Even if you already have a business, you may need to say, okay, I have to revamp some things. Awesome.
0: I am so glad that we got to speak together today. And your slay system sounds perfect for being able to take this crazy, busy insanity that you have inside your business to peel it down. So you can actually look after yourself. And I love the fact that you're talking about how you can mold this so that it works for you rather than just saying, here's the system of buckets you have to fit into. I just think that I have loved listening to your podcast. I hope that everybody takes a moment after this podcast to go listen to at least one of your episodes, because they've been awesome. Um, But also um, to look into what you have to offer. If it's something that sounds like it's a right fit, we're going to have some stuff in the show notes for you to be able to click through and uh, go to your website and see what what you have brewing over there. But I really appreciate you being here today.
1: Thank you so much, Angela. I appreciate this conversation. It was it was a breath of fresh air to be able to speak to someone who understands that we don't have to overwork ourselves to have successful businesses.
0: No kidding. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, like I said, you want to look you up. You'll be in our show notes. All right. Have Have a great great day. day. Thank you so much for listening to the Overgivers Anonymous podcast. Your support means the world to me. You can find show notes for this episode and other goodies at overgiversanonymous.ca. And if you enjoyed this episode or you enjoyed the podcast in general, why not join us in the Overgivers Anonymous Facebook group, where you can connect with overgivers from all over the world. Head on over to geekygirl.ca slash group.